Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burger Master. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burger Master is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burger Master on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Welcome, everyone, to the Real Hot Talk, episode 101, Seahawks-Falcons post-game reaction show. I, uh, I cannot believe what we just witnessed. I, I, my expectations are blown away. I actually don't have words. It's, it's hard for me to find words for what just happened. Uh, but for those of you who are living under a rock, the Seahawks won 38-25. to they are 1-0. They come away from Atlanta into week two with the Patriots with a win. Guys, they let Russ cook. They let Russ cook. There's so many things I want to talk about from this game. I know we have such a limited amount of time. But, Brian, I'm just going to start with you. Where are you at right now? How excited are you from what we just witnessed? I'm th- I'm thrilled. I mean, there's so many parts of this that you just mentioned, like alluded to. We can go through everything that this team has been criticized for. Everything. Fourth downs, passing, get too conservative when they have a lead, not starting fast. Like I could go on and on and on. And almost all of them were completely in shambles in this game. Like they just completely looked different. But the thing that Honestly, of all that, that's all great stuff. And we'll talk about it. The Seahawks do not start season openers like this ever. Almost there's basically been one or two times in franchise history that they have started this well in the first game of the season. Um, So not, that's not a coaching specific thing. Like we just, as Seahawks fans have almost never seen what we just saw, which is a dominant, dominant, opening game victory. That's that's what I'm like, whoa. Whoa. What does this mean? Whoa is right. But you know what? Beyond just the fast start, you know what play kind of got forgotten about later on? Well, it's not forgotten about, 
but that fourth down aggressiveness to DK Metcalf. It's probably the game. I mean, guys. And it was after a total disaster of a play, too. Guys. If you remember the sequencing there. That's ballsy as fuck. (laughs) I mean, is it not? It is. Yeah, and they ran maybe the worst third down play I've ever seen, which was that pitch out to Homer Uh. on the swing pass. And I was ready to, like, go into our thread and, like, slam my remote. And as I'm slamming my remote down, I see the ball in the air. And I think that play won the game. That was the swing play in the game. And 100% agreed. Like Bryce said, it's everything that everyone's criticized, and rightfully so, about Pete Carroll. Like, there's a reason you have that shirt. And there's a reason that people have been critical. Because these were obvious mistakes. They needed to switch. That's a better shirt. That's a good shirt, too. That's a good shirt. And... Just, I got, I got a little optimistic this morning. I sent you guys a tweet. I saw that a guy who's connected with the Seahawks, who always has stuff on them, said that he thinks fans will be pleased with their game plan today. And I was scared to get optimistic, but that looked like the Tampa game, the game that everyone on Seahawks Twitter loves so much. That game plan was very similar. 35 pass attempts, and that doesn't include sacks. So you, really, it's 38 passing plays. And 20 rushes, almost so two to one. So that's like a 66%. Uh, they were running split. it. They were, they were at like a two thirds split pass to run almost the whole game. That's letting Russ cook. Yeah. that's. It, I, I, I can't complain. I literally cannot complain. Well, and you know, what's, you know, it, it's funny, Evan, like it's so easy. First of all, that's huge to hear Evan say he can't complain. Holy crap. <laughs> Let's just I can find something second. But but uh it's one thing to say the coaches, yeah, they let him do this, let him do that. Russell Wilson, has he had a better game? Like, how do you go do better than 31 of 35? One of which was a drop, a blatant drop by a DK Metcalf. Yeah. For I mean, how many yards did he end up with? 322 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean that wasn't just a good game. That might've, that might've been his best game ever. Yeah. I can't remember a single moment where it was like, Oh wow. Like that ball was a little bit off. Like he was in, he was rolling all day. What about that play that, that played to David Moore where he shook tack McKinley and then threw sidearm. Like we hear so much about Patrick Mahomes and all his crazy arm angles. That was a crazy play crazy play so i have the official numbers here the seahawks passed the ball on 64 percent of early downs so that's first and second down i don't know if that yeah no that's neutral situations that's incredible it's incredible if this was one of those slug it out run the ball hope the defense holds they might lose that game based on how the coverage was today well and the fact that they put their foot on the gas that won them the game well, and, you know, you talk about the fourth down play. That was one example. I mean, I don't know about you guys. There was a few times in the fourth quarter, a third quarter, like when they were up by a bunch of points, I was like, okay, second and 29. I was like, yeah. I was talking to my son. I was like, you got to run here, run the clock. You're not going to get a first down. And he's like, no, they can still get a field goal. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, you don't want to risk not running the clock. They went two passes. That pass to Freddie Swain ends up being get him in field goal range. Jason mm-hmm. Myers found some way to get the ball through the uprights <laughs> and three points was a big deal. Like that not was only big... that, 
first drive of the game, the first touch scoring drive, uh, they take those penalties. They throw that deep pass to Tyler Lockett. The 2019 Seahawks don't do that. And Brian said that. How many times did they just have giveaway plays? And that was pass interference, first down, touchdown. It makes a huge difference. I want to I wanna transition the conversation just a little bit. Can yeah. we talk about Jamal Adams? can we just can we just talk about jamal adams for a second i would elect him president (laughs) my god i mean i mean do the jets want a couple extra first round picks like seriously that trade looks laughable now i mean i look like a fucking idiot for (laughs) for criticizing that trade i mean i said the seahawks gave up too much compensation i look like an idiot Second best player on the team? Well, yeah. But here's the other thing. Bobby Wagner, I look, I I will take the L on that. He looked every bit the Bobby Wagner that he's been in the past. Like he did. He looked like Bobby. Yeah. Um, He was amazing. Speed, the impact plays we didn't see last year. He was good in coverage. They played a lot of dime today, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They played a lot of Lano Hill today. Yeah. Leno Hill and Homer. I hope he's okay. I, I saw him get injured in the last minute or so. I, I think, think he came back. Oh, was it? I think okay. so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Leno Hill, and then you said Travis Homer. Like, Chris Carson was used, like, very sparingly. I don't know if they're just, like, easing him in. Carlos Hyde had more carries than Chris Carson today. And Travis Homer had half as many carries as Chris Carson today. That That's not what I want to see for the rest of the year. I was – yeah, I was laughing. There was one play like near the end of the game where they ran up the middle at the goal line with Travis Homer. And I, I texted a buddy asking if they were trying to get stopped on purpose to run more clock. Because that's the only explanation I could have for that. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, I, the, the Travis oh, Homer God. usage was a little yeah. bit – and like every time he's in there, they're either going to run a sweep. Like that was not fun. But How but, many carries yeah. did he get though? Uh, well, there's only, I mean, 20 carries on the day. Travis Homer got three carries for negative one yards. Yeah. It was just like third down plays that he would be either targeted. A lot of horizontal passes to him. That's just not his game. What, what was with the, all the running back screens today? Or just the screens in general? What the it, heck? It's a, way for them to, it's a way for them to be conservative with the ball. Yeah. Get the three or four yard uh, gains without running it. It's like... It's what we've been asking for. There are ways to be conservative wow. with the football and meet Pete's philosophy without necessarily handing the ball off to the guys. I thought that was a huge problem. They've been a terrible screen team for years. They were pretty good at it today. I mean, Chris Carson went for a touchdown with it, right? He second, did. second drive of the day. Oh, wow. Oh, he dropped the ball. Sorry. How do, Wait, how do you guys feel about the offensive line? Offensive line, defensive line. I was kind yeah. of bummed out by Damian Lewis today. I thought the penalties were rough, but – Outside of that, like I thought he was okay. Yeah. Brandon was Shell. Fine. Brandon Shell had some really rough points. You know who my call out for the positive on the O line? Ethan Posick. You didn't even notice him. He was very stable. He had a solid game. It didn't I think that's true. I would also just call out guys until like the fourth quarter. The team had like two penalties. And we talked about Brandon Shell. Maybe the best thing about him is that he's not gonna get the same penalties that Fetty did. That was the case today. Like he didn't get the penalties. There were there was you know some there was one series where they had like three penalties or some crazy thing. That's when they got to the second and twenty nine. But yeah, I mean, 
when that team can play clean and not be behind the the sticks because of of needless penalties, Russell can get you a lot in those situations if you just don't have those negatives. Um, we've been talking about a lot of positive things. Can we, can we talk about Shaquille Griffin for a second? I feel like he had a rough day. Did you guys feel differently? Oh yeah. You do I, feel differently, or you felt like no, you no, no. I, I would give him an F for that game. Yeah, well, F. I don't an know F. about an F. An F. Yeah, I give him like he a was, C minus. He was awful. He could tackle. He, he had the big third down uh, pass breakup though in the fourth a, quarter. Yeah, but he he looked horrible. He didn't make. He couldn't tackle. He couldn't cover. There was that ball played with the ball in the air, and he short armed it. I thought he was atrocious today. Brian, like, what's he's your a guy perspective for a contract? And he's in a contract year. You can't. Maybe you can give him a D, but like you can't. That's as bad as a game as I've seen him play. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I thought neither he nor Quinton Dunbar had a particularly good game, but I also know that they're going against Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, which is one of the best pass offenses and two of the best receivers in the game. So, all things considered, I thought it was like a C minus, like D plus kind of like thing. Um, but yeah, I don't think either one of them looked good. I don't think I came out of that feeling like, all right, that secondary's tight. Like, I, I don't think the nickel corner position played particularly well either. I, I you know, I, I thought Gage was getting all all that he wanted. So, I don't think that we got a lot from the secondary today, other than Jamal Adams just being a freaking assassin everywhere. It wasn't a play in which he was playing as a defensive back. I don't think. But Marquise Blair had a turnover today. He did. Yeah. That's he's a forced player. Forced fumble, baby. Mm-hmm. Guess who leads the Seahawks in turnovers this year? So we gotta talk about the D line. LJ Collier, baby. Two pressure, two pressures, yeah. right? But at least one quarterback hit. I don't know about how many pressures. I think he had two. I'm pretty sure he had two. Which, by the way, was my season pressure prediction for him. So LJ <laughs> Collier in one game has matched my pressure prediction. Yeah, he, he, he was pretty fired up. I think maybe the most excited I got during the game was his first pressure. Maybe because our expectations were so low. It's almost like a humorous, but I was pumped. He looked okay. I didn't see much from Jaron Reed. Did you, did you guys? He had a quarterback hit, but yeah, I don't think either he or Puna Ford. I mean, early on, uh, early on, the Falcons were running it at will up the middle. Yeah. It was like seven, eight, nine, 10 yards a carry. Like I was like, where, I mean, this isn't even the backups. Um, So yeah, please sign a defensive tackle uh, this week that knows how to play. Like let's, let's get one more fat guy that can stop the run up the middle. Nathan, we, we have Nathan joining the show a little bit late. Nathan, uh, we've been talking about both the offense and the defense. We have, of course, covered both Let Russ Cook, Jamal Adams, but feel free to touch on anything. Where's Where's your head at right now with with this incredible win? No, I mean, I, I think it was everything we basically could have asked for in terms of letting Russ pass more and going for fourth downs and, you know, not they, they put their foot on the gas from the beginning and didn't ever let it off. I mean, that was, you know, insane that they were still – passing as much as they were as late as they were, you know? So um, I, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't be happy with it. It was pretty great. I mean, defensively, there's some stuff that is maybe a little concerning and 
you know, we'll see how good Atlanta is um, over the course of the season. Uh, but it was awesome. Yeah, how good do you guys think Atlanta is? I'm pretty Off- skeptical of that defense. Yes, defense, yeah. I agree. Offensively, how good do you think that offense is? I think they're going to be top 10 this year. Yeah, they're, they're a very good passing team. I think passing offense, sure. I... I don't know. I was not super impressed with that offense. And maybe we'll find out later that the CX played a better defensive game than we thought. But it, yeah. That secondary gave reasons to be hopeful. Um, like what? I, I mean, Blair, or not Blair, sorry. Uh, Adams was kind of everywhere. I think um, you meant to say it, Blair, though. I kind of didn't. Blair had a very, we can talk about Blair. I don't know. He'll be really interesting to go back and watch the all 22 on. Um, he obviously had some, some good moments. I think he had some pretty bad moments in there too. Um, but uh, Adams looked great. Diggs looked great. Um, the corner situation, you know, Blair had some moments. Quill looked a little rough. Dunbar looked a little rough at times. Um, so, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see what this defense ends up looking like. Atlanta at times felt unstoppable and then just they would just immediately just crumble and and punt like it was weird they would have huge like chunk plays and then nothing absolutely nothing well they didn't punt that much they were 0 for 4 on fourth downs I I was just going to mention that right like the Seahawks defense for all the things we didn't like they can't those those weren't like for the most part those weren't like the Falcons blew it the Seahawks made those plays on on they all had the one I yeah, I was about to say Benson Mayoa. <sighs> kind of impressed with you today. Kind of impressed. <laughs> he was all right. I, I didn't see much. He was all right. I mean, a sack yeah. though is a big deal. It was a big play, but like down to down, play. I didn't see much. It was a, and it was a chase down sack too. Yeah, it was a sack, dude. We had our yeah, leading like sacker year. last year had four and a half. Let's not hey, look hey, down hey, our noses hey, we down. got any sack this we year. Got, we got a Daniel's broiler dinner on the line right now. So Brian is absolutely taking that sack under his belt. So, <laughs> so they were over four on fourth down, but one of those was a punt, a fake punt that they converted and then fumbled. <laughs> that, that would have been a first down. Well, and but, the other- but the Seahawks made the play. Sure. Sure. That's the play Marquise Blair made the play. He made the play though. Like you can't sure. take it against him. And then the other one was uh, Ridley shaking Dunbar. Yes. It had That's a ton of separation, and and uh, it was a catchable ball, but it was also one that Ryan put farther out than he needed to. So you can kind of uh, give him a little credit for moving Ryan out of the pocket on that play, but I agree that was the one that was like, yeah, Atlanta should have converted that one. Yeah, but I don't know how often you're gonna. I mean, forcing fumbles is a little, little lucky. Made little the bit. play. They made the play. Made the play. Uh, I, go, go ahead, ahead, Ryan. I was just gonna ask, like. Defensive line overall, though, I got to say, didn't really love what I saw. Like The run defense wise. particularly, though. I, no, I, I sure that. That was not good. I, I, the pass pressure in general, I felt like was pretty much a non-factor. It was a lot of guys running, running forward, getting blocked, and not a lot of people like breaking free or causing disruption. It, it, I was not particularly encouraged by what I saw there. Uh, well, it was it was kind of what we expected, right? It was manufactured pressure, heavily special or heavily utilizing Jamal Adams. 
right? Like yeah, Jamal had like was. a couple quarterback hits, right? I think. I, I think uh, Matt Ryan yes, got one away. Yes, but he, he had the sack. He had the one where he like hit him in the arm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not hallucinating. Well, <sighs> Collier had a legit pressure. Two. Yeah. Two. He had two pressures. I missed the second. I, I just there was the intentional grounding. So. <sighs> Brian, I want to be respectful of your time. We're almost already at 30 minutes. Uh, or no, we still got a little bit left. What What else do you guys want to cover? We've talked about the defense. <laughs> Well, I think we like, okay, let's, let's go through some of the, the, so I think we were all disappointed. Alton Robinson didn't play. I think we're all disappointed. DJ Dallas wasn't playing. Um, so I don't know about this Travis Homer thing for me. That was, that was a little disappointing. Michael Dixon. I know it's everyone there laugh. I thought Michael Dixon, it was a quietly important performance when the Seahawks offense was scuffling. He made some big kicks that put the Falcons like at their 10 yard line. And I thought that helped the defense that was giving up yards. So, you know, I just want to call him out. I thought he had a, a, a nice game. Um, and then we saw, we saw our first round pick. So our first round pick do more than our first round pick last year did in his first year. Uh, he made one tackle uh, <laughs> in an important moments. So, you know, uh, small minor plays, but uh, those, those were good to see. David Moore looked good. You're right. <clears throat> he yeah. had a very defined role, which is one that I, I I wish they would let him return punts. I don't know why he doesn't get to do that or or kicks. He um, does return punts. Oh, you mean kicks, kickoffs? Kicks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Travis um, Homer was doing that. Yeah, I mean he's good with the ball in his hands, and Agreed. you know, <laughs> I mean he fumbled once, but hey, he got it back. Okay, okay, okay. just based like pure emotion, guys. Where are you feeling about the Seahawks now? Versus where you felt about them before the game, like irrational post game Seahawks are one and zero. Evan, where are you? I, I mean, if it if this is like a trend, and they're going to let Russell Wilson throw the football this much, and they're going to be at least semi aggressive on fourth down, we're talking about a Super Bowl contender, like Nathan? a legit, like a legit Super Bowl contender. Not not just a cardinal Super Bowl contender, like a true legit Super Bowl contender. Like the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah. <laughs> like the Arizona Cardinals. I, I want to see a little more from the defense before I start talking about Super Bowls, but you know, the defense didn't look worse than I expected, right? I mean, I don't know that they I, I don't know that if you were really hopeful for different things that those hopes were fulfilled in this one game, but they at least looked like I mean, they look competent at times. Schleris called them special, which was... <laughs> <laughs> Those two were I mean, trouble all game. They, I have, they were not good. good. I have Seahawks news. I have to interject. All right. Pete Carroll, and it's very important. Pete Carroll says the play of game, the play of the game was Marquise Blair's hit on the fake punt, baby. Yeah, he's he's I, a really cool special player. Oh, shut up, Nathan. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Uh, but no so like back to like i mean like excitement level like so okay so the you know i I don't know that you're suddenly encouraged by anything on the defensive line or anything like that so i'm not gonna go like a full like 10 out of 10 but i think you know they did pete changed a little like it's one game so but they've only played one game right and all the stuff that we've been yelling at like it it sounds like or yelling about it sounds they, they did kind of right so on that, like I'm like an eight or a nine, like 
the, the offense looked great and they did the things that we've been asking them to do to maximize what is a very talented offense and the defense didn't like whatever worries you had about the defense I, I don't think any of those came to fruition either so like it's it's just middle of the road there and yeah I, it's really cool jeff yeah i'm similar to what nathan said i think the most encouraging sign is that they played to their strengths today and they do have flaws we see the flaws they're obvious but Super Bowl teams, and even like the Chiefs a couple of years ago, they were like a play away from making the Super Bowl with a pretty bad defense. And there's just so many teams in the NFL in the past that have had really one really, really good strength and then had an opportunistic other side of the ball. And if all you really need from the Seahawks is kind of what Nathan said, a functional – because last year they were just painful to watch, cringe-worthy almost every possession. And there was like no flash plays. And if you can get Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner to play at pro bowl all pro level and deal with the rest and have an offense like that that's to me the recipe of a team that can win the super bowl i think that's that's well said so a couple things here for me one i think we're underplaying the play of the offensive line because it wasn't like great but we have seen incredibly awful excruciating performances from the offensive line especially in week ones of season where guys are just running free at the opening snap and a play doesn't even have a chance to develop so to me that's pretty encouraging like they don't they look like they could be an average offensive line I mean that's what we talked about like give them an average offensive line and they can be great and then so what I saw guys that's a top five offense in the NFL I think it's, I think the way they played that can be a, I think that's not crazy to say at all I think it's a top five offense and defensively they look like an average defense. I think that's what you're saying, Jeff. I think that looked like a 15, you know, rank 15th ranked uh, defense, uh, especially if you have an offense that is controlling the ball and putting points on the board as, as they were. So that's, that's promising. What are we going to say, Evan? I want to give a real-time quote on Pete Carroll's reflection on today's offensive production. Okay. Carroll, uh, this is from Aaron Levine on Twitter. Pete Carroll on offense and let Russ quote, cook it's a sign of how we've worked this offseason it's the way we've been practicing russ was in total command it is a statement of the offseason our guys did a marvelous job russ was intricately involved in all of that you guys need to sell more shirts we need this game to be <laughs> let's go Twitter hey, works guys hey brian brian get, get, just just once just once can you just say it please please just 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 once after what happened today please. You, have to, you have to admit that when they came out and this was another great slurs moment they came out like in the third quarter or whatever and they had a big lead and they immediately hit like a 15 yard pass or whatever to lock it and slurs like oh i think they're gonna take the air out of the ball and they immediately turn around and throw another like 15 20 yard pass to lock it like you bozo but anyways that was really cool. Like they're up and they had been kind of like cruising and they came out and they were like, we're going to step on your neck. Like, I mean, they went for the kill and that they did like over and over I mean, again, over and over and over again. And, and that and, was really awesome. And I'm very tempted to give you what you want, Evan, but I don't know if I'm going to, I, I think that it lost in all the rust focused conversation here is, I think Schottenheimer deserves yeah, yeah, uh, some absolutely. real praise. So 
the like a lot of folks said no one could get Pete to do what they did today. Schottenheimer, we know he wanted to do this a few years ago. And Pete basically was like, after two games and them getting sacked like seven or eight times, each of those first two games was like, no, we're going to run the ball like 90% of the time. And, and Schottenheimer put this together. Schottenheimer was, I mean, I don't think it's just Schottenheimer. Russ does absolutely deserves credit, but that pairing, a lot of folks said that could never work. It was a terrible hire. I probably was one of the guys that was like, I was not a big fan of the hire at all. He's looking like what a lot of Seahawks fans wanted to see. Um, so he has to call the plays or they don't happen. And, and I think that that's, that's encouraging. You're hundred percent correct. And I just want to follow up by saying the chat is absolutely furious with you, Brian. They're <laughs> absolutely furious with you. For so, the Schottenheimer love or what? No, no, no. For refusing to say, let Russ cook. Like we just got to endorse the movement at this point. I, well, here's I, the other thing too. So Schottenheimer deserves a ton of credit for, for working on this. It, it sounds like he has been, like you said, like we saw this at the start of 2018 and, and, you know, I don't think this happens without him pushing for it. Obviously, he's the offensive coordinator. So he deserves a ton of credit for that. Also, it was just a really good, like, game plan. Like, they attacked all areas of the field. They had an excellent screen game. They yep. had short stuff, intermediate. They hit their shot plays. Like, they just sliced and diced Atlanta everywhere. I think the, the, the one of the things you're hitting on, Nathan, that stuck out to me is what's another thing we talk about? We don't talk about it as much anymore. But we used to talk about where's the short passing game, the quick passing game. It's yeah. always these big deep shots. And that's part of what they get, you know, these sacks on because they're longer to develop and all this stuff. They didn't throw deep for almost the entire first half. I mean, they had the, the I mean, it was almost all. And so that's what you get when Russ is like 31 and 35 and really 32 or 35 because I'm DK's drop. But that was something we saw at this. I think it was like the second half of the Steelers game, either last year or whenever it was. We were like, why don't they do that more often? It was the whole game. It's a whole game like that. So that, that was a lot. Um, and to add to and that, they, I, thought, I thought Olsen fit in really well. Yep. I was just going to say they did it without having to like rely on Disley for it. And, and who knows where Disley is health wise. And I, I think, I think he's awesome. So I don't think one game of kind of a whatever performance means anything, but it's awesome that they didn't have to have him to do that. They, they right. got Hollister involved. They had Olsen doing some stuff. So um, I think that bodes really well for them. Evan, I'll give you this. I am happy that Schottenheimer let Russ cook today. I'll take that. I'll absolutely take that. You need that clip. Anything else, guys? Because uh, I, I got, I got, I gotta eat. I gotta. <laughs> talking about cooking, I gotta eat. I'm hungry. Uh, let's just let's give everybody a heads up for what's going on this week. So I think we are currently slotted for, and I'm just checking our schedule. Is it Wednesday this week? Is that when we're potting next? Uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, can we for this week try either Tuesday? Can we try Tuesday this week? Is that possible? It's currently slotted for Wednesday at eight. So does that not work? I, it may work for me, but it's going to be tough. Okay. Well, everybody stay tuned. Uh, we'll, we'll let you guys know on Twitter, social media, all that fun stuff. Um, the Seahawks come away with a victory. They're one and L going into week two against the foul or against the Patriots at home. Uh, Sunday night game. Sunday night football. This was uh this was a big win guys. Um, with that said, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Patreon.com slash HawkBlogger. If you're not a Patreon, we would love to have your support. A ton of money goes to charity. Um, but with that said, we'll see you guys on uh, uh, Wednesday or Tuesday night.
Go Hawks. It's five bucks. Come on, join us. (laughs) 